that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn at the movies. Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Cannibal Horrorcast. We're back. Uh, oh, and Mark is sending us <laughs> pictures through the, the Ooh, Discord the chat. Razzum, uh, razzum. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo, and with me this week is Christian Dabari. Hey, how's it going? I'm great. Who are you? Tell the people. Um, I'm Chris, and I draw horror comics. And yeah, you do. Watch too much horror. <laughs> awesome. And Stephen Andrade. Hey, I'm Stephen Andrade. I'm an artist and I like horror movies and have an Instagram now. Join the 20th century. <gasps> wow. Yeah, at S Andrade Illustration. And Mark underscore L underscore Miller. Hey. Who are you? Big fan of the ladies. <laughs> 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 All right, so we are here to discuss, appropriately enough, very timely film, Halloween 3. Um, who's got the info on that? Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. There you go. When, did it, when was it released? 1982. Mm -hmm. Directed and written by Tommy Lee Wallace, starring Tom Atkins, Stacey Nelskin, Dan O'Herlihy, and a cast of a few more. <laughs> and a cast of several. <laughs> um, so we're going to start with the trailer, which we all just watched, except for Mark, because Mark doesn't understand how computers work. Halloween 3, season of the witch, the night no one comes home. You don't really know much about Halloween. Halloween. The barriers will be down between the real and the unreal. And the dead might be looking in. The last great one took place 3,000 years ago when the hills ran red. Halloween, You happen to know anything about this Cochrane? All I can tell you, mister, is watch out. Season He's watching you, friend, I guarantee you that. Trick or treat, trick or treat. Hey, Mr. Cochran, just what is the final process? Fellas, I was just kidding. Witchcraft. To us, it was a way of controlling our environment. Hey! Where are they taking her? They're taking her to the factory. Uh, just what I had in mind for you, little buddy. Do you remember? Did, did like the trailer ever have any effect on you whatsoever? Before we watched it just now, do you remember the trailer at all? This was mm. the first time I had ever seen the trailer. Yeah, same. 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 Okay. Um, I think for me, hearing about this movie was more of a playground thing. Like I would go to school and kids would be talking about the horror movies that were coming out and blah, blah, blah. And, um, 
I remember hearing about this one and a lot of people were disappointed in it. And they're like, it doesn't even have Michael Myers in it, blah, blah, blah. So that was my first experience of this movie is like, I never really wanted to watch it because it had nothing to do with the Mike Myers films. Did you guys have a similar experience? or Mine, what was, was, mine was like exactly the same thing. Cause I'd never seen, I had not seen a lot of horror movies when I was a kid. I had seen the first Halloween and then uh, I had some friends who had seen more horror movies and all of them said across the board, like Halloween three, it sucks. There's no Michael Myers. It doesn't have anything to do with it. It's about stupid masks. It's shit. And like being the pathetic little sheep I was at that age, I was just like, yeah, that must be true. So mm-hmm. I didn't see it again until I was God, I think I was probably in my twenties at least. Mm-hmm. And now it's my favorite of the Halloween series. <laughs> Oh, no, her, no hyperbole? Seriously? Seriously, I would oh. rather watch this than any other Halloween movie. Oh, the, wow. The series. Oh, we'll get into that. Christian? I encountered it much later, I would say probably late 80s, I think, because people had always said, no, it's terrible, it's terrible, no Michael Myers, you know, all that stuff. And I was like, oh, that's lame and weird. Um, but when I finally did watch it, uh, I think I'm like, 88 or something i don't know i thought it was weird it didn't really resonate with me when i first saw it so not until later probably late <clears throat> late 20s early 30s or something when i rewatched it so long after it was a different experience but yeah we'll get into that too right mm-hmm. mark huh <laughs> <laughs> i um i saw it as a budding teenager Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was rather enamored with the uh, the leading lady of this show, um, as we can tell, because you keep sending us pictures of her in the Discord chat. I like the last one. She's wearing a, uh, a, a smart business suit with some pointy shoulders. Yeah. Giddy images. Yeah, um, you know. So she, uh, or, or I, oh, I guess we're talking about the trailer. Okay, um, so we're talking about the, uh, the. I don't remember seeing the trailer. Um, I, I, I love this movie just because it's so dumb and weird. Um, <laughs> I think I loved it back then. Even um, I think that uh, it gets a just a bad rap. Um, and I think it should be seen just sort of on its own. And if it was just any other movie on its own made during that time, I think it wouldn't be getting the the stinker finger that everyone gives it. Oh, well, actually, I think that maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the, the tide has turned on this film. I feel like because a lot of us guys uh, and gals growing up in the, with this movie kind of gave it the stinky finger, as, as Mark says. Um, <laughs> a lot of us are going back and revisiting it and sort of coming around on it. Don't you guys feel that's the case? Definitely. I think it's much more well appreciated now than it was. I feel like the weirdness of it has given it a cult status that Mm -hmm. even the original Halloween, that's the only other movie in the series that can equal it in terms of like the cult following. Uh, And just because that was the original, but just the, the wackiness of this one and just how bananas it is in some parts. uh, I feel like that's, what's really getting people and i mean that's the reason i love it is because it's just it's so off the path and off the charts just bizarro in some places mm-hmm. but yeah it's definitely it's definitely made a huge comeback mm-hmm. but yeah. um yeah to get back to the trailer we watched the trailer and holy shit i i get annoyed at movies these days 
because I was like, ah, oh, modern modern trailers give away too much of the movie, and ah, uh, these these trailers these days, quote unquote, wag as I waggle my finger at the movie screen. Uh, but then we went and watched the original trailer for this, and it was like two and a half minutes. It's the entire film in two and a half minutes. <laughs> Everything important in this movie is revealed in the trailer of this movie. So mm-hmm. I think it's even because of that, it <laughs> makes it funny to me that anyone would go into this theater experience expecting Michael Myers, because it's mm-hmm. very clear that he has nothing to do with it if you've seen any of the trailers. Right. Yeah. I'm surprised yeah, they didn't even a, put a disclaimer and say, like, there is no Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, I think that don't didn't they have uh, just a kind a little bit of a misleading trailer? Um the first teaser, yeah. Yeah, the first teaser was a little misleading. Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it, that it just didn't really do, and I'm sure that pissed people off. Because, I, I mean, as a kid, I remember seeing the first two Halloweens, uh, just like on, like, cable, and then hearing about this one coming out, but then never, then not, then not seeing it until it, like, came out on cable again or something. Yeah. Um, but I, by that time it had already, like, there had already been rumors and stuff. Um, when I was back and I had my ear to the grapevine, Mm. (laughs) the only thing I remember is like, um, Bill Harris, um, reviews and he used to do reviews on, uh, Showtime about like the best movies of the week. And it was Bill Harris. He's the guy that had the glasses and the big mustache. He might still do reviews. I don't know if he does or not. But um, he would talk about like Halloween and how it was like number one at the box office, and he would talk, show a little clip from it, and we would love <laughs> like that. And then, it, and then they showed, uh, and then he gave it this uh, Halloween three, probably a, a bad review. Um, but he gave those guys gave all those horror movies bad reviews. Like uh, any of the stalker movies of the past were pretty much shit on in the eighties. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, Siskel and Ebert were notorious for they would constantly go into the same uh, stance about these movies hate women. It's all about, they're all designed to kill and torture women. And I was like, I don't think you guys are watching these movies. Cause there's tons of guys getting fucked up. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think in a lot of ways, I mean, most of them had a final girl and yeah, they went through a, a an ordeal, but they were tougher than any of the guys or mm-hmm. even the, the male killers at the end. And so I think I never bought that, that um, I mean, I think that, yeah, there are some, some tropes in there that aren't very flattering, but I think that it, it, it more so just kind of tried to appeal to the base in- instincts, but a lot of them tried to do uh um, have some actual themes in there, especially these these early horror movies. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely think that there are some there's some thematic heft to this uh, to this installment. Um, I, I mean, I think it has a lot to say about marketing and a, and a lot to say about like it was a time when commercials were on and all they tried to do was manipulate the kids to mm-hmm. get this one product. And you would turn on the, turn on the TV or radio at any time. And you would hear Ruby's cube, cabbage patch, uh, you know, Transformers. My, Dang, Transformers. I'm still, I'm still oh. buying transformers to this day. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, See, that's not even a joke. <laughs> it was all that subliminal stuff. I mean, they made, they made cartoons, they made, uh, you know, you know, Cereal. All the, yeah. yeah, all those things. And all it, all it was, was just to kind of get to the kids. And I think that, yeah, I think this movie probably wasn't as, as 
um, like suspenseful as the first two Halloweens or filled with scares as, as the original ones were, or even some of the latter ones. But I do think that they actually, they were trying to do something new and different. This is a funny thing because we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording about, um, you know, what the people expected, expecting it to be another Michael Myers thing. And and the fact that, you know, you talk about critics panning slasher movies and just really not getting them and, and you know, giving bad reviews. And then this installment comes that is when you look at it, it's not your typical slasher movie. It definitely has something different and they still trashed it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it was kind of a damned if you do damned, if you don't, uh-huh, yeah. I think, uh, I forget which one of you guys said it, but like if this movie had been released, not as part of the Halloween band, oh, yeah. just like on its own, it probably would have stood more of a chance of success. Yeah. in its time. Yeah. I, I mentioned I've that always, earlier. Yeah. I was, I always maintain that. Like if you just called it all Hallows Eve or some season of the witch, I think would be just, yeah. Take the Halloween out of there. Yeah. 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 Masks. Well, like, Halloween as, masks. <laughs> but then as far as um you know uh making it clear that Michael Myers is not involved uh I didn't bring up the poster but I did bring up the VHS <laughs> box. Um and you know there's another thing. So on one hand on the back of this box they want to make sure that you know without a doubt that Michael Myers is not in this movie. However, uh on the front of the box under the poster it says the night no one comes home. Which yes, is a play yeah. off of the tagline for the first film, the night he comes home, the night he came home, right? Yep. So it's like, yep. all right. But once you turn the box over, I'm going to read it to you. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, is an entirely original new movie based on the idea of Halloween and using the title, but otherwise having nothing in common with the previous <laughs> Halloween films. This one stars Tom Atkins, Stacey Nelkin, and Dan O'Hurley. O'Hurley? <laughs> In a story that features witchcraft, robots, and a diabolical plot to scare 50 million children to death. So put on your masks and get ready for a few hours of pure terror. Halloween is here again. So, yeah, and I think, um, Christian, you had said if there was no Halloween 2 and they just had Halloween and then brought this as Halloween 2, mm. um, it probably would have stuck around maybe more. Do you, do you... Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely like something that I was thinking about. You know, like the the idea of if Halloween 2 didn't exist at all and mm-hmm. this was the sequel that came out a couple of years later, I think people would have probably just been like, all right, cool, let's check that out. And it may or may not have been a big success, but I don't think it would have been the bomb that it was mm-hmm. that destroyed the franchise for like, like, what, eight years or something? It was a crazy gap of number of years because I even remember when four was being advertised, it was like, wait, Halloween four, Halloween three was. And then I remember like loosely like, Oh, that was like early eighties. Wow. That's a huge gap. Yeah. This came out in 82 and then Halloween four, the return of Michael, 88. Mm-hmm. So, Near yeah. the end of the eighties. So it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's it, it also during that time, Nightmare on Elm street has, had been introduced um, Friday the 13th had been on its third or fourth sequel and it had made a, a huge bit of money. So to have Halloween when it had one and two and not do something with that, I think that um, they realized that they could make money on off of all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you heard the the thing where they, they wanted to 
they wanted to do this where it was basically a different horror movie every year anthology yeah. with halloween yeah. as the title and it was more like you know there'd be one um like trick-or-treat remember that one with a with the uh heavy metal guy mm-hmm. and it was yep. called trick-or-treat and um I forget his name, but it, yeah, it was, it, but it was set on Halloween and different stuff like that, like a, like horror uh, sort of uh, stories that that actually just take place on Halloween, mm-hmm. and so they would could just retire Michael Myers, um, but it just turned out that Michael Myers is, was just too associated with the series to not to not go with that. I don't um, think I buy the idea that this would have kept going even if there was no Halloween too. Right in a different continuity, we had Halloween. Two was actually season of the witch um i'm not entirely sure it still would have kept going because i don't think that there is such a market for an anthology series of films like anthology films that have many vignettes within the film itself i think have more marketability than a series of films that each installment is um anthology themed i'm not entirely sure we would still be getting halloween movies if we didn't sort of backpedal and bring Myers back. Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right. And, and it, it, it has been recently mentioned too. Um, it actually was mentioned by Joe Bob Briggs, uh, this past weekend during his, uh, Halloween, uh, marathon, uh, special. He actually said that he said that the, the idea of an anthology type, uh, format for movies, especially in the eighties was completely, there's no way that's going to work because, unless the, the actual format is an anthology like creep show or mm-hmm. something like how they did the first two creep show movies, <clears throat> which was fine. Uh, a couple other horror movies here and there did something similar, but he said it, it didn't work that, that, that kind of thing wouldn't work yeah. for a film and it would totally work now for streaming mm-hmm. for like binge watching on like shutter or Netflix or something like that. So they, yeah. if they did that now, it would totally take off. Even um, with the, I'm glad you brought up creep show. Cause I was thinking even with the masters of horror, uh, <laughs> creep show only got two movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the, uh, um, that with uh, the, the only thing they're, they're trying now, uh, did any of you guys have Hulu? Yep. Yeah. Yes. They're doing a thing called Into the Dark Blumhouses, mm-hmm. and um, that's basically what what they're talking about. It's a holiday horror movie every month, um, different movie. The only concept is that it represents some type of hol- holiday during that month. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the closest thing I've seen to that. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think it works in anthology format. I don't think it works. I mean, it ha- it's it, it's just goes against what you're trying to do really i mean i guess they tried it with the tales from the crypt movies with demon knight and bordello of blood bordello of blood which Mm -hmm. really didn't take off and then they did a third one called ritual that was a real dud so it's like it was the law of diminishing returns it's like the you don't go back just to see the crypt keeper keeper cackling before Mm -hmm. every one of those things Um, (coughs) you gotta have something tying it together or you know, I could see them do do something like that with a like a Clive Barker thing, like with a Hellraiser or a Nightbreed, because that you have like he's introducing you to a universe that you can kind of explore, and it's not just a serial killer going and killing somebody, but mm-hmm. it's 
you know, if it was part of some big mythology and that one movie explores this part of the mythology, one movie explores another part, um, that would be kind of interesting, but I don't see it happening in slash, especially when slasher movies were so big back in the eighties, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, that's just what people associated with this series. And so it was pretty disappointing when it didn't have one. So let's move on to the story, the script and the characters of the film. What did you guys think of the overall plot to this movie? Because I had a couple of problems with it. And I think that the only way that I really found to enjoy it was to be like, ah, fuck it. This is fun. I'm just going to have fun with this movie. I'm not going to try and think too hard about the robot men with the mustard blood. (laughs) And how Stonehenge got moved and, and how it also zaps people in the mouth what i'm just gonna have fun um what did you guys think of this story yeah it's it's bananas i just sent a picture i just sent a picture of tom tom atkins's ass (laughs) sorry oh god we gotta have fun with this let's not talk about the story let's talk about what's really bringing the people to the theaters tom Tom Atkins. atkins butt Tom Atkins has a little ass in the moon, <laughs> a butt in the moonbeam shot during this. You know, every good actor has one. And this Cruise. one kind of goes. This one kind of goes a little extended, longer than usual. Long. <laughs> well, it's also it's also the only nudity in the film, isn't it? It is. No. You get it some side boob. You get some side boob from my gal Stacy, but yeah, for the most part, it's just. Tom Atkins' glorious hiney. Are you sure? I could have sworn there was like a shower scene or there was another scene with some other girl, like uh, a couple doing something, but whatever. Maybe I'm just mixing up movies. Happens. Well, uh, yeah. I I mean, uh, what were we talking about again? But (laughs) The the, 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 the Tom Atkins' nudity. The the batshit crazy plot that makes no sense. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about our boy Tom. <laughs> he is, uh, you know, he's a stud among men. You know, it's like not only in this movie does he, uh, you know, shag this, I don't know, barely legal girl. Yeah, 18, 18. <laughs> they even make a joke about that. Like, yeah, but he does it. He's he like, does it, how old he, are you? And she's like, I'm old enough. Yeah, yeah. but he does Ew. it after he's already had sex with her. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Um, get that out of the way first. Yeah, that's something you might want to ask him to get go. But uh anyway, uh, but then he's like flirting with the nurse that's back the the researcher that he mm-hmm. sends the mm-hmm. the parts to and yeah, you, know, you know, it seems like he's he's made his way around and he's constantly drinking beer. Yeah. He's drinking <laughs> beer or liquor or some kind of liquids. Um it's they said he had pneumonia during this movie, and there are a couple of scenes where he's got a hanky that he oh. up to his nose. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, and then not only in this movie though, but in another Carpenter classic, The Fog, yeah, he bangs Jamie Lee Curtis, he picks her up hitchhiking, and then he like picks, immediately they have banger, some, yeah, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> immediately. So it's like you know, Tom Atkins was sort of the man back then, um. For about a year, yeah, yeah. yeah I just year. love that. I just love that he's our hero of this movie, and he's an alcoholic, deadbeat, divorced dad. <laughs> yeah, 
just sleeping his way through this small town. Yep. And, and it's just uh, it's it's so refreshing to not have yeah. like Abercrombie and Fitch models be like yeah. the, the protagonist. This is back when this was back when like it was the girls next door and the guys next doors in, in these movies, and that's kind of what makes it more <laughs> effective. It's not like these these WB models that you yeah. usually see. Jennifer Love Hewitt, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't see like the supernatural guys or or like whoever's on uh I don't know, One Tree Hill or whatever the hell those those shows are. We're really making but, some uh, topical references. <laughs> <laughs> All the kids listening to the show definitely know what we're talking. One Tree Hill. Ah, yeah. One All the people Hill. from Melrose Place. <laughs> you know, the, the cast of Our House. <laughs> <laughs> little little house on the prairie. Oh, um, my favorite my favorite part talking about the beer is he's having a conversation with his wife, who is <laughs> you know um, Nancy Loomis has been relegated to just the naggy uh, voice on the other end of the line. She does uh, have a naggy voice though, even in the first Halloween. Yeah. Sure, her voice is just so. Oh, Paul, Paul, why did, <laughs> why did you hang up on me? <laughs> but um, yeah, so he's he's on a he's on a um, uh, payphone, and it's just a close up of him, and he's having a conversation, and, and Nancy Loomis is yelling at him trying to be like, I can't pick up the kids. I can't hang out with the kids, whatever. I really have to do this important work. Uh, but then as soon as he gets off the phone with her, his nagging wife, he, there is a six pack of beer just sitting on top of the phone. And then the, the young woman who is going to drive him is sitting double parked. Like he, she didn't even park the car so that he could have this really important conversation with his wife about their children. She's like, I'm going to leave the car running, grab the six pack and we're going to go. Yeah, he, so that's uh, that's our that's our protagonist. And then he's like, he's like, yeah, we'll go get a hotel room and we'll get a couple rooms there. And then he yeah. immediately says, "Hi, we're this, uh, we're going undercover as this thing, yeah. as this, uh, this um, couple, you know, uh, as couple." And and then she's like, "Well, where do you want to sleep, doctor?" <laughs> <laughs> Can we also talk about how? They're investigating her father's brutal murder. Mm-hmm. And she yes. packs up for this trip, packing her sexy lingerie. Hey. Yeah. Like, what that the little fuck? bag. It's the 80s, dude. It's the Maybe 80s. Maybe that's what she was wearing underneath it. It's the 80s, man. That's it was her car, doing. though. Maybe that was just like in the back of the car, <laughs> the floor <laughs> underneath. She, the she obviously <laughs> was comfortable with that. Yeah. You she know. was she was okay with it. She gave. You know, she you know what else is? You know what else is gross that she's comfortable with when she gets out of the shower at the motel and she wraps herself <laughs> in the blanket in a motel like a motel six blanket. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. It's like there Do not use a black there. light on that. Yeah. Don't use a black light on her either. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh shit. Oh my god! So basically, yeah. So the story is what well, we got. We got this. Um, this guy's being chased by Men in Black, and uh, they they eventually catch up to him. They put their the guy puts his hands through his eye eyeballs and then pulls his nose. What a strange death! Did you guys think that that was a strange death? It's the like only on screen death from a game of Got Your Nose. it was yeah it was yeah but i I mean i thought that was a pretty awesome effect though i mean yeah just pulled his and they said he literally pulled the guy's skull skull apart apart. yeah so that's kind of i mean that was the the descriptions i mean i'm sure the the censors had their way with a lot of the stuff here but i think the i think some of the descriptions i mean this is more Mm -hmm. like they talk about what happens to them 
mm-hmm. um, after the fact rather than what happens. Although there are some gross stuff, like uh, when the girl lady gets her face blown off. That was pretty. Um, pretty that was goddamn good. Yeah, I it like was. That was my favorite death of the film. Yeah, it was as far as effects. I was on Fangoria, and I remember like just checking, like loving that with the mm-hmm. that, that whole gory scene, and then the kid, the scene with the kid, and the mm-hmm. shit coming out of his head. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Yeah, there's some really good makeup effects in the movie for sure, but you're not wrong because back then the ratings board and studios and stuff like that used to get like super nervous because there was all that <clears throat> there was like that like year or two where there was like protests and groups going after all these movies for being too violent, you know, and all this, you know, violence towards women and and stuff like that. So a lot of stuff um would get recut or reshot or whatever. And um, I just recently found out and it, it was kind of one of those moments. So I've never really been crazy about the lost boys. Like I don't hate it, but I'm not like a super fan. Um, it's fine yeah, to watch. I, I, it's fine to watch, but I'm not like crazy like some other people are, but I just mm-hmm. found out that apparently it was way gorier, but it got mm-hmm. chopped to shit. Like Kiefer Sutherland said that <clears throat> The scene where they uh, attack everyone on the beach, mm-hmm. he, he said that it's like it was insane the amount of like makeup and gore effects that were going yeah. on, and and the original uh, cut of it was like tons and tons of you know just intestines. He bit into the guy's skull, and then they show him like literally eating the guy's brains and yeah. everything. Yeah. It's like all cut everything. It was just two seconds. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just saw that too, and he was he was really really excited about it. He's like, I can't believe we get to do this, and then yeah, <laughs> yep, we cut yeah. everything. And it, it, I always kind of knew that there was something wrong because I was like, how is this movie a vampire movie rated R? It's like these group of like punk vampires and shit, and it's like there's nothing, mm-hmm. you know? Like it, it was weird. <laughs> I still love know? that movie. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to watch, but I'm not like a super fan. Like, there's so many people that are like crazy about it. And I'm like, look, saxophone guy is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> he is pretty cool. He's pretty cool, but let's not. He's get no Tom Atkins crazy. in the moonlight. No, he's not. And, and Kiefer, <laughs> Kiefer, honestly, Kiefer is amazing in that movie. Uh-huh. Like, he is. He's incredible in that movie. That's his so uh, Jason Patrick too. Yeah, yeah I like Jason yeah, Patrick in it. And, but, and Alex yeah, it, does have, it does have. The, I don't want to get too off track, but it does have the best last line of any horror movie. Uh, was that when he was like, "I guess we were all just a couple of lost boys." Yep. <laughs> no, it's no. when the grandfather, uh, after he, everything's all done, he just comes in the kitchen. He's like, "One thing, living in Santa Carla, I never could stomach all the damn vampires." Yeah, that was awesome. Um. So, okay, so basically this guy's running. He gets caught by the men in black. They pull his face apart. And then the doctor, I, I keep forgetting that, what is happening with the sounds? Does anyone hear that? Sorry, yeah. that was me fucking around. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so I actually forgot that this character is not a detective or a cop. No. He's just a doctor. He's um, like, called doctor. It's like, you know, of, back then they had, like, Quincy doing, like, detective work. Doogie Howser, MD. Yeah. and like Chasing uh, down murderers. Yeah. Um, what was that other show? Like George Clooney in ER. Mm-hmm. Solving crimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're just naming doctor characters. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. So basically, he helps this woman. 
you know, try and track down what actually happened to her father. Um, and the only reason he helps her is because she's a young lady. Well, the thing we we should say we should say the thing that really the thing that really gets him uh, interested in it too is because he sees the guy walking away after he kills the man. Yeah. And then the guy, the guy, the man in black, basically goes to a car, douses himself in gas, and lights himself on fire. And that's then the thing that's supposed to like be in Tom Atkins' head. It's like why he can't understand why anybody would do that. Yeah, and it's, my favorite it's... is that the car he pours a little bit of gasoline on his own face and then lights a match, and then the car explodes like from um the last action hero. <laughs> <laughs> cars that's what happened to cars back then. Yeah. Yeah, in the eighties, that's how they built them. That's the, yeah, the slightest <laughs> fire will make them explode. Yep. <laughs> that's why we shouldn't be regulated. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, and uh, you know, I, I think that they yeah, I mean, it basically goes for those big beats rather than the subtle stuff. I don't know. Tom Atkins is not, is a decent actor. He's I don't want to say he's lesbian or anything like that, but um, he's a legend. He, but he's he's been in some good movies. He's an over actor. You know, he was in Night of the Creeps. Oh, he's and, great, Pat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like he's been he's been around. But I think that I definitely think that um, it had there been a director that was able to kind of focus a little bit more on this it wouldn't have felt so shallow um uh, shallow a film um, yeah because i think these actors were kind of up for it but it just they just didn't have any anything really to work with in the script you know mm-hmm. i mean there was basically no chemistry between these two people this this guy and this girl and yet like they just get a hotel room and so you know they don't have anything else to do that night, and like they don't have Dude, to do. So might as well have sex. Yeah, I guess 80s, that's man. what it was. It was the eighties, man. And that's that, that was the mentality behind film in general in the eighties. It's like yeah. R-rated film was basically that. It was like guy talks to girl, hotel bang, and then it's like jokes, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? What just happened? Well, usually he slaps her first. <laughs> <laughs> then they Isn't get. that the '70s though? That sounds like more well, of like too, a yeah. grindhouse yeah, movie. That's more of a grindhouse movie, but yeah, you know? I mean, it was it was damn close. It's like you know, there's some hysterics. He slaps her. They look at each other passionately. <laughs> and and fuck, like crazy. <laughs> and, then they, and then you know, they wrap each other so in a hotel comforter. Uh, but uh, the, you know, one thing though that I thought was hilarious is that Tom Atkins' real life wife played the lady in the other room fucking with the chip no way. Um, that gets what? her face blown off yep, yep. That's while amazing. he's scrogging the young girl next door <laughs> Wait, that's his wife <laughs> that was that's... his wife at the time that was his wife yeah i don't know if he's still married to her or not but um probably not after this movie but... <laughs> <laughs> he's like i'm i'm the one getting my face blown off while you're getting fucked in the other room. yeah can you imagine the discussion between husband and wife uh as they're reading the script together you know they're sitting there on their son having their sunday's coffee and how old is she i finally read the script today yeah (laughs) (laughs) she goes oh and then there's a line where you ask her how old she is (laughs) (laughs) yeah and she goes and wait a minute i'm the one that's supposed to be wearing this like golden flecked muumuu that i get my face blown (laughs) off and a a fucking hornet crawls out of my mouth that's just doesn't doesn't seem like it's you know fair but uh i definitely think that um i i I like i like the druid kind of uh magic 
throughway that goes through this and in uh Halloween two because they bring oh. that up there. They bring it up there. Um really? and there's I don't a, remember that. Yeah, they go to the um they go to the classroom. This might be in the extended cut where Loomis goes to the classroom and they find that Michael Myers has broken in there and he wrote like Sam Hain on the yeah. on mm-hmm. the uh chalkboard. Yep. And it's all ties back to some kind of druid cult. And then they go back to that later on with that whole cult of thorn thing in some of the latter um ones that oh, came like in the nineties. The five, uh, five because I just watched four. Yeah. And none of that existed. Um but yep. five went heavy into it, six even heavier. Yeah. yeah. And I mean after that they kind of they veered away from it because they knew it, they were getting a little bit too into the lore, I think. But yeah. um but yeah, it uh th- there is a through way of, of that. Um and, and I think that you know, if you squint you could kind of make it so that this kind of fits into the universe. Um I always thought that um the uh robot guys kind of acted like Michael. In, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and because like there were a lot of times when they're standing in doorways and you don't even see them they're kind of like just there um kind of like the way michael was in uh, a lot of the shadows of um the first two movies but especially i was you know my in my world the mythology works where um silver shamrock made the mask that uh, a young michael myers put on the mm-hmm. clown mask and it kind of fucked him up and that kind of started the whole thing which I think that would be a fun way to kind of tie it all together. That would be. That'd be awesome if if um, the Halloween film wasn't a movie in the Silver Shamrock universe. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that too. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that that's pretty cool. I'm reading the Halloween 1970 um, adaptation novel right now, oh, cool. mm-hmm. and uh, the the whole beginning of that <clears throat> book starts with the Sam Hain, and I'm saying it wrong. Say it again, Stephen. Uh, Salen. Sawin. Sawin. Oh, really? I always said Sam Hain. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't even realize it until I was watching this movie and I happened to have subtitles on. And oh. when uh, the big bad says the word Sam Hain, he says Sawin. And I was like, I'm sorry, the what now? What are you doing? Um, <laughs> what's his name? Connell Cochran when he says yeah. it. Um, oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, shit, I've been saying it wrong this whole time. But so in the original novel for the original film, there's a lot of that. Um, and there's voices in Michael's head talking to him and he's getting flashes of the intro to the book, which involved sort of a murder of a village back then. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty neat that, the, that they're using a little bit of that here as well. So thematically, I think it fits within the context of the Halloween theme. Yeah. And, and I think that 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 could have been a connective tissue between a lot of it. Had yeah. they gone that way. Um, and like I said, just expanding like the universe. Uh, one of the things that, you know, you know, they talk about Stonehenge at the very beginning of the story. Um, they show that clip on the television, but um, that's in the United, that's in like the UK. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. but these guys are all from Ireland. Is that yep. it, It's like an Irish, they're, they're like, uh, he's an Irish businessman that came mm-hmm. in and just brought in all the Irish guys from, uh, and ev- like most of the people that work there had like an Irish accent. Um, mm-hmm. I just really, really convincing Irish accents. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like they found extras from summer stock of Finian's Rainbow and like, here, you can do this one. <laughs> yep, very true. Yeah, it's um, but but I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they just thought, OK, it's it's Europe. Ireland, England, same shit. <laughs> and so, yeah, basically we've got they're using the power <clears throat> of Stonehenge, which they have miraculously transported 
Um, and if, I like how they even says, um, Colonel Cochran even like gives a wink to the audience of like, boy, you wouldn't believe how we did this. We're not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about this movie. It's like, it's got so many big plot holes and things like that. And instead of trying to like ignore them, they just embrace them. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm. yeah, we couldn't figure out how they would have gotten it here. So fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think there, there's something to these types of movies it's more of like a paranoia sort of thing um there's a lot of similarities between this and uh like um invasion of the body snatchers i think where it's like these emotionless guys are are or people are after these people that seem to be the only human beings left like on earth or in this town yeah um, at the same in the same way there's it ends with him kind of frantically screaming um mm. into the phone just like how um well not the uh um not the 70s remake but the original um invasion of the body snatchers it ended with um, oh yeah one guy kind of running through the streets and screaming right into the camera that yeah. like you know they're they're all going to kill you and, and all of this stuff mm. um that's a that's a lot of fun. Sorry, I'm holding the microphone. So you can hear me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that uh, I think that they're thematically they're trying. Um, I just think that Tommy Lee Wallace just wasn't able to get those scares that he was he was going yeah. for. I think a lot of it was just badly filmed, badly badly staged uh, kind of moments that that didn't have that kind of scare factor that that a lot of other films of that time were able to achieve. If it weren't for some of the gory effects of like the the woman in the hotel face um, stuff like that, this would feel like a made for TV movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But also, I'm, I was hoping to ask you guys because as I was watching it, I was trying to like one of my notes was, what is the end game for Connell Cochran? What? Uh, okay, maybe maybe it's to bring back. The traditions of Halloween is it to do that? Like why? Why children and their families? Uh, and he even gives a speech. He gives the evil villain speech to um, Tom Atkins, and and I still didn't quite understand when he was done what his end game was. Do you do you guys know what it is? It just I think he it, said he wanted to. Um, he said it, back in olden times there was a there was like a mass sacrifice to appease the gods and appease the ones from this world and the, and the next and another world. So oh. it might be going into a little bit of like, I don't know, Lovecraftian elder gods kind of stuff or Druid, Druid. Earth, earth powers sort mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, but I think it, it definitely, that's what they were that, mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't communicated other than in that one speech. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I think uh, originally I I um, read that Joe Dante was supposed to be um, the director of this, um, hmm. and he smartly bowed out of it. I guess from Gremlins, um, right? Yep. Yeah, in the Howling. Howling. And I, I definitely think that he probably would have been able to get a little bit more of that subtext in there. Um, hmm. I, I it it wants to say something I think about marketing and about how it's how that's kind of our new god that is that these kids are worshiping. Um, and that like th that God is going to reach through and, and sort of destroy them through this this microchip that it's forced it's kind of compelled them to go out and buy and convince their parents to buy. Um, it's just not a very effective message or it's not a very effective way of kind of telling that you, you know mm. talking about that theme. Um, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's it just it yeah. just seems to be uh craziness you know just like this is what it's this, this is the point it's it, there's nothing else there's no gain he's getting from it that you can see it's just he wants to bring back the old tradition of you know murdering the innocent just murdering people yeah. he's just like every old guy you know he longs for the good old days yeah it's true yeah. <laughs> sacrifice kids and animals and well also one of his quotes is uh mrs cuffer was right you know i do love a good joke and best hmm. ever a joke on the children like what all right dude <laughs> no i don't know fucking kids <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean i guess there's that thing too they try to work in that like it was like because he was supposed to make his fortune from practical jokes first so maybe like they said this is like the biggest joke of all is that the yeah they get these masks and then they're all gonna die so i don't know it's it's definitely not <laughs> the clearest idea mm. um, but I, I i did like like the power that um the these chips had it, it was almost like they were pulling these like these insects and these bugs and, and yeah because like creatures when... out from this dark realm it's almost like you know like scott snyder's uh you know dark universe or whatever in dc you know it's like the opposite of our universe or like the underverse right. or whatever where it's like a it's it's like a Lovecraftian kind of portal that that kind of explodes out of your head. Uh, that was this, the, which is that was the coolest thing about the the scene with the woman, you know, tampering with the microchipping, having it blow into her face. Is that when you first see it, you know, her face is kind of burst apart because like this laser beam shot into it, and you're thinking, okay, you know, that's pretty horrifying. But then when the bugs start crawling out, that's like, well, this is a whole different level. You know, this yeah. is uh-huh. this is not just like a technological something there was something supernatural here and i liked that part of it how they had all like the bugs and the snakes and everything else because again it's it's not explained but it doesn't need to be because it's just it's dark magic and Mm. in a lot of ways and i think it also is because it came out right around the same time but this reminds me a little bit of prince of darkness where it's all about that portal to the the dark side and there's like a elder Mm. god on the other side of this mirror um that um all of these people are kind of gathering out. You know, have you guys all seen Prince of Darkness? Yeah. I, think, oh, yeah. I think we all reviewed it at one point a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's that kind of same thing. It's like there's this evil dimension that it's kind of pulling it through. And again, it was much more successful in Prince of Darkness, I think. But um, it feels like it's kind of playing with the same stuff. Mm. And in my, in, in, like, as a kid, I always thought they were all connected because it just had John Carpenter's name at the top of it. Right. And I was just thinking, oh, this is like, you know, this is like the the Hobbit or this is like Star Wars. You know, this is this is all <laughs> this connected is the expe- to John Carpenter's universe. Yeah. Yeah. John, yeah. John um, Carpenterverse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. So moving on to the the scares and the kills, um, like I said, I feel like without the effects that it felt like a uh, direct a TV movie. And um, what did you guys think? Do you, do you think it's particularly scary? Do you th- how do you think the effects are? Uh, I didn't think it was scary, personally. Mm-hmm. Even when I first watched it, like you know, long time ago on VHS. I didn't think it was scary at all. Um, my initial thoughts were it definitely felt more B movie. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. there was there was definitely some more of that in there. The effects then and now are, you know, definitely are really the strong point. Like the 
makeup effects were maybe the real star of this movie. Yeah. You know, like they were actually very impressive, still impressive. I didn't never really think it was a, a scary movie. Some of the ideas, I guess, like we what we've been talking about definitely are creepier. But it's a shame that that stuff wasn't realized. If it was more so, sort of Lovecraftian by the second act going to the third act, it would have made it pretty fucked up and, and terrifying. It's which is kind of funny because that's what uh John Carpenter's in the mouth of madness was. Yeah. You know, like by you got by the time you got to the middle to end of the second act into the third act, it was one hundred percent Lovecraftian in craziness and I was like, Holy shit, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I really mean, enjoyed I... it. I really think that that's kind of what they were trying to do. Um, they have these this very real situation of a woman, a girl leaving her, or losing her father. They leave this um, this town, and they go to this kind of like small town that's an odd little little kind of like town all in itself in its own little kind of universe stuck in time. Mm. And uh, it just it's it's the setup for a lot of of kind of Lovecraftian kind of horror films. And you can see that might be what they're, what they were going for. But it's also the setup for Troll 2. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? That was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) They they didn't land quite as far as going the Nilbog, but they sure didn't land in like Lovecraft town. Oh Mm. my God. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. We got to watch that one time. We got to review that. That'd be amazing. I would do it. Yeah. Worst movie of all all time. Yeah, one of them. (laughs) I think while I agree that it wasn't very scary, I think that there are some haunting bits, and I did have an emotional reaction to some of the kills. Like um, the very, very end where Tom Atkins screaming into the phone, I think that stuck with me long after I had first seen the film. Uh, I think that's a really solid ending to the movie. I always like movies that end on that sort of hopeless... Nihilism. Nihilism. The hopeless nihilism. Thank you. I agree, though. I agree what you're saying. I, but it is funny as shit that he's like, change the third channel. The third <laughs> channel. Like he's talking to like Time Warner Cable. Like, like yeah, yeah. Warner. They're in charge of all the channels. They only had um, three. Oh, channels. that's what it was. Um, Wendy Westberg, I think, is the unsung hero of this movie. I think that her acting is so naturalistic and charming and fun, and she plays um, the woman who's help. And Teddy is her name. And she's the coroner's assistant who's helping Tom Atkins sort of figure out what's happening mm-hmm. over the phone. She's no Stacy Nelkin, but I guess she was okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I just think she's so fun and endearing as a character. And their their back and forth are a lot of fun for me. And I didn't realize that those those are all reshoots. All of her scenes, they felt that they needed more uh, for the movie, so they went back and they shot those afterwards. Hmm. More like detective work sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. More oh. expl- more clues as to the uh, the clockwork people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just another Brad for him to flirt with. <laughs> he really wanted to lay down the fact that he laid the pipe through the whole town. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, I, I do think that she, uh, yeah, she was pretty good. Dread Central actually did an interview with her a couple days ago. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. I shot the movie after it was already done, she says. It had already been edited, and they were going to put my stuff in later. They remembered me from earlier and hired me for that. Uh, I worked for about five days because there were a lot of trials and tribulations that happened. Wow. 
Yeah, as a matter of fact, I used to say to my husband, I think this could be called Wendy's Halloween 3 because they kept injuring me. The extra with the drill caught my hair so it didn't actually go in my ear. So the director freaked and they called it for a day. Of course, in the movie business, if you, they hold you for a certain amount of time, they have to pay you. So the job got held for lots of different things. That and then something happened with Tom Atkins. He couldn't show up or something. I don't remember what, but for me as a young actress starting out, it was a really good deal because I think it paid my health insurance for two years. <laughs> wow. So, nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. Adkins, yeah, I think I think that he did. He had uh, he had pneumonia during during this movie, mm. but um, yeah, I don't know. That's pretty cool though. Yeah, I you know because watching it, I was a little put off by her death. On one hand, I was thinking, well, she's getting drilled in the face, and I like this character very much, so I'm, I don't know if I want to see her being drilled in the face. I think that might bother me, but um, turns out her whole death is bloodless because they were just out of money. <laughs> yeah. So that's why there's like, they kill her. It's like off screen. And then you just kind of see her body without any actual injury, just because of like the set of the shot or the setup of the shot. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. They, um, the, the, I mean, they spent it all in that big rock and <laughs> 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 all those fancy computers. Did you see that's like oh the, my gosh. the most advanced computer room. It's like they, it's like from war games and they took the computer from like airplane to <laughs> and all of this stuff. It was just so great. And I loved in that scene, I, we didn't mention this, this part, but there's a scene where, um, they're sneaking around and he had just gotten, uh, uh, Stacy Nelkin out of out of the being strapped into the the chair there, and and he gets out of his his uh you know chair, and they they're sneaking around that room, and they get behind this this uh cart of masks, and then they just walk the cart. They're behind yeah. the cart and they're walking in the background. It's like a Scooby Doo kind of thing. It's totally Scooby Doo, but it's like it's like but how just, why why did they do the, that? The logic <laughs> just flies right off that scene. For like first off, <laughs> he somehow knows how to program the computer and throw yeah, all the hold on a all the microchips. Let's back the fuck up because his whole uh, escape is ridiculous. <laughs> he inches the chair over and then somehow is able to kick his feet into the television. Yeah. Uh, without the television falling over, he kicks through the TV, and then they cut away and they return. And mm. he's like, "Well, somehow, even though both of his hands are bound to the chair, he has the glass in his hand." And then he cuts <laughs> himself free. All right, that's fine. And then he's able to take the mask that they put off, put on his face, take it off, and only using a flick of the wrist, he's able to throw it into the <laughs> upper corner of the room, the, the ceiling, and it lands perfectly on the uh the camera the that's just watching it i think that was an awesome throwback to the opening of halloween when we see the whole stuff going on through the eyes of the uh mask oh i see i see yeah. but I mean, that's probably why they put it in there but at the same time yeah it's pretty ridiculous that he's able to do all of this stuff um, mm -hmm. also it's it's really funny that he frees you know stacy nelkin and he's not at all nonplussed by the fact that she's not talking at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't, I gotta say, that surprised me. As a viewer, I didn't realize, like, as soon as she, it was revealed that she was a, a robot, I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, now, <laughs> Honestly, I, though, I think that um, his wife was nagging so much, he was probably just really appreciative that <laughs> she was very quiet. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> there, there it is, folks. Just say it. Yep. I think 
Okay. <laughs> that's why. But uh, yeah, that scene where she attacks him, I, I was surprised by it when I first saw it. Um, they, I mean, it does, it gets pretty kind of cool. I think it gets kind of cool. It's like her arm gets ripped off and then like she attacks him with the one arm and then he knocks her head off and the body is like riddling around and the arm is in the doorway and then the arm attacks him. The arm, the arm is stuck on the other side of the door. He goes to yeah. close the door and all of a sudden the arm leaps up and strangles him. <laughs> oh. the you guys think but then and then the body gets up and strangles him again. So it's yeah. like you know, he's like attacked over and over and over again in that. That scene. went on but, too long as far as I was concerned. It was well, fun. But that raises a question. Do you think that she was like that all along and he fucked a robot? No, no, I don't think so. Well now I placed her. <laughs> I mean, I wondered that as well. I wondered that right. place her when they kidnapped her, but um, because I was I'll like, admit, oh, hmm? I'll admit that there's one scene that I think was kind of scary, and I think they could have done this a little bit more. Was when he goes in, in there, and there's this old lady, um, sewing. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of a. It was kind of a scary look because you could tell there was something off. They had that whole uncanny valley sort of thing where it's a mask, but it's got human hands kind of doing mm. the thing. Mm-hmm. And I think if they would have played with that a little bit more, it would have been a little bit like uh, um tourist trap. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um stuff like that where um where it's like, you know, it's like mannequins moving on their own and this kind of like uncanny valley stuff that, that's happening that really really um can creep you out and i think that you know had they explored that a little bit more even with those uh with the the henchmen guys i think it would have been a lot more interesting mm-hmm. but they didn't <laughs> oh, but they didn't <laughs> yeah <sighs> what do you think tom atkins did after this movie like after the whole thing ended when he, he finished drink? screaming on the phone. <laughs> he can't <get> <laughs> <drinking>. <laughs> bar. <laughs> Find the closest bar and get shit faced. Yeah. bar and hit on the I love like when he in my head he already had a six pack just sitting by the phone. <laughs> and then as soon as he had the phone, he got the six pack and then hopped into some other young young girl's car and drove <laughs> off. It's like I get a date with uh what's her name at the he had a he had a dinner date with what's her name? Uh that he was Oh that's right. With. Yeah. He doesn't know Uh-oh. she's dead yet. No, he's gonna go and yeah, get ready for that date. You know, have uh, another six pack, <laughs> rent a classy motel. <laughs> oh, there was some other. There was another note I wanted I, that I made. Um, I think that Connell Cochran was great. I, yeah, I think yeah. as a villain, I think he played both angles of that uh, of his personality really well. Like I could see how families coming into the into the factory would be charmed by him. But then he also was really good at being menacing um, and doing like the super villain type bit. I, I think he was really good. And my mm-hmm. favorite bit of the, his whole performance is when he finds out that he's been beaten and he looks up, yeah. all of his robots are dead. And he looks up at Tom Atkins and he just gives him a little clap. Little mm-hmm. clap. Well like, played. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that what a, what a great send off for that character. I, I was yeah. like, good, good for you. That's a little bit of, uh, of fun there. I like that a lot. Dan O'Hurley. Um, yeah, I think. Um, did you guys get a Willy Wonka vibe a little bit with the obnoxious family? Yes. The, uh, <laughs> the Veruca uh, Salts. Yeah, like yeah. that's. It just that's why you didn't. Me. You didn't feel so bad when that kid got it because he was Dan kind of a prick. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you remind me of Dan. Dan TV is that Mike his name? TV. Mike TV. Oh right, Mike TV. Yeah. Because yeah. mm. he jumped it right in front of the television. He's like kind of obnoxious, and the parents are obnoxious. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just reminded me of that, but. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, he was also in RoboCop. Uh, yep. Dan O'Hurley. Oh, 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 no, yeah, he's... You're fired. You're the fired. Old he was the old man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. Now, let's move on to the score. What did you guys think? I think that, um, you know, John Carpenter did the score for this, and he did such an iconic thing with Halloween 1 and 2. And I know that moving forward, they were going to move away from Michael Myers, et cetera, et cetera. I still think it's a strange choice not to reuse that classic Halloween um, soundtrack that he made, that score. What do you think of the the Michaels theme? Personally, I think that it wouldn't have fit. Like his mm-hmm. his music's his music, so it's like it's much like the what they did with Jason and Friday Thirteenth, you know, with his song and Freddie and so forth and so on. So it's kind of like to use that. I I think it kind of would have irritated me. It's like well, you're I just using his from music like, from a marketing standpoint. You would think that they would want people like, all right, guys, we've got this Halloween franchise. We're gonna keep moving forward. We're gonna make it an forward. Mm. Um, it's just surprising to me that they wouldn't keep using that same music as not so much Michael's theme as it is just Halloween anthology theme of like, here's, you know, three movies from now. They could still be using that theme if they still continue doing the anthology. Um, well, yeah, I guess you, 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 know you got a point. You got a point. I mean, that's that's a good, you know, because like I noticed that some of the sequels, they use it, but they tweaked it. Mm hmm. So like I think it was I want to say it was fourth or fifth one, it literally had this slight techno remix to it. Yes, was like, yeah. weird. Yeah, it was the fourth one. Um, was, you know, it was so weird. Yeah, I mean I didn't mind it because it did feel. I mean they wanted to make their own uh, a distinct movie. I think it still had that kind of like Carpenter esque sound to it, um, mm. but it, I think it's still uh, and 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 really there there are a lot of really kind of cool beats when like during some of the deaths there's like the barrel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. There, there's this a little bit more of a um almost like a more technological vibe not techno beats but but just more electronic sort yeah of more vibe. synthesized yeah and that yeah, kind of like yeah. fits in even with the opening credits because yeah. the opening credits instead of having you know the lit pumpkin from the original halloween mm-hmm. you have a state-of-the-art computer graphic pumpkin <laughs> <laughs> a line, line print out of the yeah, i mean <laughs> again it's like looking back on it, it's like wow we've come a long way but like yeah. the whole thing like right from that moment it sort of tip you off like there's a weird mix of supernatural and some sort of you know as bonkers as it is some sort of science yeah, going on here and i do think the soundtrack did fit pretty well with that yeah i, I mean, just every, he just likes to put his stamp like a new i, I think he's he's very much as much a, a composer as he is a, a director and i think that he I, I think he would just since this was a different story he wanted to put a different stamp on it uh, yeah. as far as like I mean, his "They Live" one is probably one of my least favorites, but because it was just that, kind of like bluesier, yeah. And it, but it just goes on and on, and there's no real variation from it. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. this constant droning, and I guess that's supposed to communicate the the humdrum life that Roddy Piper is living there as like the kind of like a drifter kind of guy. Mm-hmm. 
but I just it just I that's probably one of the least inspired uh soundtracks that I've heard yeah. him do but uh, yeah I was a little off put maybe I'm wrong but did you feel that there was a unifying musical theme to this movie like I as I'm sitting here thinking about it I can't find in my head like a a bit of the score that really stuck out to me other than obviously the London Bridge is falling down um, yeah you know on repetition uh, I mean I think <laughs> it's definitely not as iconic but I I think uh, just just like what Steven said, I think that it, it does kind of uh, deal with a little bit of the technology meets the macabre sort of mm-hmm. sort of um, vibe to it. Um, it's it's not it's not as as good, but I think it, it's it's fun. I mean, it's not yes. like um, it doesn't feel as dated as like, say, the uh, the disco version of uh, Friday the 13th, part three. <laughs> that one. when yes. uh, that one but uh which i still love by the way i do too yeah yeah i love it it's, it's just um it just really dates it um mm-hmm. but this feels a little bit more it feels like you know daft punk could come along and tweak it and they could actually make a cool song with, mm-hmm. with some of uh uh carpenter's synthesizer stuff you know it's one of those things but uh yeah, i just you know i have a bunch of his albums on um, vinyl you know i've got um anthology and lost themes and stuff and it just yeah I get the lost listening theme. yeah it's great but listening to this it just feels like another lost theme it doesn't feel like it's actually from a movie mm. um, it just feels like a bunch of disparate sort of synthesizer sounds really but i mean it's still it's effective in the movie but as a score i'm not sure i would go out and buy it and put it on and listen to it mm-hmm. but yeah yeah i agree editor's note here's the thing though i've been uh listening to it on spotify the past couple of days while i was working on editing this podcast and i gotta say i've come around on it i really like this soundtrack it's great to have on in the background it still isn't as iconic as the original halloween themes but still it's great he's sick for fucks he's seen one too many movies don't you blame the movies movies don't create psychos Movies make psychos more creative. Um, so what's the compared to other horror films in the subgenre? So uh <laughs> I don't know if there is another subgenre for <laughs> this particular Halloween. Um, but I guess we can compare it to the other Halloweens in the franchise. Uh I mean I think there are other movies like this though, like with uh I think Child's Play kind of taps into some of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh uh as far as like killer masks, I think that there have been movies where someone puts on a mask and they become something else mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. I mean, it's a bit of a stretch, but I mean, there's the mask never been with a, Jim Carrey. The mask, yeah. <laughs> um, that movie, uh, You Might Be a Serial Killer. I don't know if you've seen that. You movie, Might Be the um, Killer. Yeah, You Might Be the Killer. Yeah. Starring yeah. Allison Hannigan. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was that. It's kind of. I mean, it's got the same kind of theme, but not really. Um, yeah. But I think the closest thing is is like Child's Play, the original one and the remake, where it's like they're trying to appeal to kids with this seemingly innocent toy, and it turns out that the toy is deadly, um, yeah. basically. But um, well, if we're going to compare it to those, it's definitely not as good as those. No, no. I like Child's Play more. I think even though I have grown to. A- appreciate this movie more throughout the years it's still not a great movie uh, for me um it's it's definitely better than a lot of the halloween sequels Mm -hmm. and um, i think it would stand alone on its own but it's still like not great i I think i think i'm more 
in, in, in that group right there is that, you know, I don't feel the same way about it like I used to because when I first saw it, I was like, mm, you know, this is a weird, <laughs> this is a weird <laughs> movie. I don't know what the hell's going on here. And, you know, and it, it, it was confusing, especially when you're younger, you know, um, but like watching it again, you know, later on, uh, you know, like in your 20s or something like that. And you're like, oh, you know, this isn't terrible, you know, and then watching it now and you know it was like okay this has some pretty cool ideas there's some really you know decent moments in there um it's entertaining and it is a lot better than pretty much all of the sequels i think or you know by default uh... maybe what, wait wait what is it what is it what, what i love I really like the uh, the other Halloween sequels. I think it's I love good. Halloween three or Halloween four. four. I love four that I one. Like. I like I four. Like, I like a lot of them. I mean, I like the newest mm-hmm. one. The uh, I did too. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, zombie too. ones. I I don't need, but um, you know, I could you do without the whole Buster Rhymes one. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yep. But uh, I liked parts of part five and part six. Um, even though part six was kind of a mess. Um, uh, but the the uh i think it's the director's cut or the producer's cut of part 6 um is actually kind of interesting um it's a uh, it's it's like uh post it, they they recut it so that it actually makes a little bit more sense what, is it is it the end of i think it's the end of 5 where out of nowhere some motherfucker with like a cowboy hat comes in and just starts the man like, in black yeah and, and i was like wait what and, and i remember that's not thinking, just one person that's the cult of of thorn so it's yeah a, it's yeah. their druids it, it leads it, into the sixth sixth one yeah. which is a headache in itself but um the yeah i remember it because this past weekend as i mentioned i watched uh joe bob's uh howling marathon he showed the first fourth and fifth one mm-hmm. and um so there's a lot of interesting uh stuff on there and if you have shutter i recommend it it's, it's a good time especially with a lot of the um you know information and and, and sort yeah. of tidbits he throws in during the breaks um about stuff but um the fourth one like it's weird because the fourth one is really it is really solid it is a really solid movie uh so i shouldn't i shouldn't just discredit all the sequels um you know joe bob brought up a really good point he said that they did the hollywood no-no in that movie which was with horror which was you don't go after kids kids shouldn't be a threat uh threat you know shouldn't be threatened or put in peril or anything like that instead they went full on for it and he's literally chasing uh jamie the entire movie uh daniel harris and um you know and and terrorizing her and everything and it was kind of like yeah you know that was that was a fucking ballsy move fifth one is just kind of like what the fuck is going on here because then they made her like a mute yeah well i i to me though i was i mean i was a little older than jamie was uh in those films uh Daniel Daniel Harris, mm-hmm. uh, but to me it, it kind of made it even a little bit more relatable because of that. Um, I, I also felt the same way with Tommy Jarvis um, in the young Tommy Jarvis and Corey Feldman in uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. It's just mm-hmm. that I felt I was like, oh shit, the killer's after me. It's like you, yeah. you know, and and that 
it made it a little bit scarier for me, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And uh, also, just to go back to what you were, I have two points, Christian. Mm-hmm. One is I never really grew up watching the Billy, Joe Bob, what's it called? Joe Bob Briggs. Joe Bob Briggs. I never grew up watching it, but I put it on Shutter recently and they did Castle Freak. And I was like, oh, fuck, mm-hmm. Castle Freak. I'll watch this. Mm-hmm. And um, he right, he goes off. My man starts going off about Miss America pageants for like twenty goddamn minutes mm-hmm. about how like oh I guess they're supposed to talk now and they're not they're not allowed to be wearing skimpy bathing suits and he just sounded like such a crotchety old fuck. Uh, <laughs> just like ah these kids these women today wanting to uh, talk instead of showing their tits. Ah uh, what are we gonna do about these guys? <laughs> And I was like, "What the? What is? Can I just watch the fucking movie, please? You're you're a dumbass." Well, um, so I know I'm probably going to get some shit for this because I know he's beloved, but it, he was my, that was my first experience, and I was like, "This guy sucks." And then the other thing we were talking about Halloween four uh, doing the no no going after kids. Literally, the whole movie we're talking about right now is the, them going after children, um, and you know, mm-hmm. melting kids' faces with masks and. But and they didn't really shit. show it. They didn't really yeah. show. It. Yeah. Except for the one kid who deserved it. Yeah. Well, right. So, I mean, in in Halloween four, I don't think he actually murders any children. But in this movie, we literally watch a kid, you know, melt. No, that's um, true. So that's... I thought that was pretty impressive. You know, as far as you know, eighties horror movies are kind of I... like, oh, kids, kids aren't I... off the off the menu. I guess I guess what it what he was referring to was the fact that she was the focused target. For the entire film sure yeah you yeah. know so it's kind of like and and obviously we saw that again in in like terminator 2 going after edward furlong you know mm-hmm. it, it was it it was definitely reused later in, i think you know. well and and i definitely think that that's um that's a mark from a marketing perspective too it's like you know they're uh they're targeting that younger audience even though they didn't want they they rated it r they knew that the younger kids that were younger, like our age, wanted to go see those movies and um, were, we basically were the target audience for that. Mm -hmm. So I can understand why they did it. Um, I think some of them, like Terminator, I think it's a little bit more successful in that because you actually care about the characters. I think that's, I think part four does a really good job of introducing Jamie and making you care for this, this kind of like innocent little girl. Um, it 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 does go for a little bit to the extreme in the fifth one, but um, yeah. but yeah. And I, also, I, they make Loomis a barking, mad, insane, fucking oh. shit crazy dude. He's like screaming yeah. at a child in her like hospital bed or whatever. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What do you see? What do you see, Jamie? What do you? It's like that's all he's doing is screaming in her face, and she's she can't talk. She's a yeah, she's a mute, you dumbass. I was like, what do you um, expect from her right now? I like the little stuttering kid that's with her too. Oh, he's the he's worst. like translating. Fucking... He's like translating for her. It takes twenty minutes. Yeah. Twenty minutes for three words to actually spit it yeah. out, or I'll shoot you six times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we wrap it up, just because uh, Stephen said mm-hmm. that this is his favorite of all of the Halloween. Favorite of all the Halloweens. Mm-hmm. I just let's do a real quick count. Um, so Stephen, this is your favorite, and then where yeah. does Halloween fall in your list? Uh, where does which one fall? Halloween. Oh, the one. original. Oh, that's that's number two. Like okay. Halloween three is the one I most like to watch because it's just so fucking nuts. Uh-huh. And then back to the original, and uh, and everything after that is kind of a wash for me. Oh wow! All right, all right. Uh, Mark, where does this uh, fall in your list of Halloweens? See, I don't even really count this in my list of Halloweens. So I, I, it doesn't really like 
I mean, I just count this as as its own sort of entity. Um, yeah. I, I think like uh, the Halloweens, I like the the earlier ones mainly because they they connect um, much much like the um, the Friday the Thirteenth ones. When they get later on, they start becoming a little bit more mis- disjointed and they start kind of fucking with the timeline and the continuity. And so those are my least favorite ones. So it's like one, two, four, five, and maybe six are the only ones that I really kind of. Um, Six over H two O. I don't like H two O. I think I that, love H two O. I think I think it looks like a. Uh, it looks like it. The way Sean Cunningham shot it, it makes it look like a, a soap opera. Um, yeah. Well, you're not wrong. I hate, I hate Josh Hartnett's hair in that. <laughs> that just bothers me every time. Yeah. The wet head. Yeah. Plus the the mask is horrible in that one. Oh, yeah. the mask is so bad. You're right. Yeah. But, but I just I just love Jamie so much of what Jamie Lee does in that movie is I'm just rooting for her the whole time. And I'm just, I'm in it all the way just because of her performance and everything that she's doing in that movie. I love it. Well, um, there's, there's part of me that, that, that likes it, but uh, because of the continuity, but at the same time, I just hate it that they at twice now in that series, well, three times now they've ignored the in-between movies. And yeah. I, I think that that's, just, that's, that's a cop out. Um, yeah. I think you gotta, you got to take the bad with the good and just go, go for it. Um, and like acknowledge them all. You don't have to, you don't have to acknowledge them all, but you, you, you can't just say that Jamie doesn't exist mm-hmm. in that world and that, or just, I don't know that she left her in another, you know, left, she left her in Springfield yeah. <laughs> where, where she goes off and, you know, has another kid with a bad haircut. <laughs> uh, Christian. Um, I don't know. It's like I said, I um I don't like lots of the sequels and remakes and all that kind of stuff. So like third one, um I guess I would place I would obviously go with the original first, uh the fourth one second, third one third, um, and then everything else besides the twenty eighteen one can go fuck itself. Wow. All right. <laughs> all right. Um this is tough because I am such a Michael Myers fan. I, I like so many of those movies, even despite uh how bad some of them are. Um I guess one for me is one, obviously. Uh, I guess not obvious, but yes, one for one. I think then maybe four is my number two. H two O is my number three and then Halloween three. So it's like four down, but not bad for a movie that everyone fucking hated 30, 40 years ago. Right. Yeah. 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 I give, I give this movie three and a half moist motel comforters. Uh, I thought you were going to say Tom Atkins rumps. (laughs) Three moist Tom Atkins buttocks. Three Three shining moonlit butt cheeks. (laughs) <laughs> what about you guys? Any uh, any for this one? Anyone? Um, what are, out of out of what? Out of five? Out of five, I give it three and a half. Moist motel <laughs> comforters. Okay. <laughs> I give it two and a half mustard bleeding robots out of five. <laughs> I give it. Uh... About three and a half uh, crushed beer cans. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I think uh, that's where I stand with it. I, I like it, but I, I'm not like I'm. I don't love it. Um, by the way, side note: Have you guys, especially you, JD, 
Have you guys seen the Nika uh, Halloween toys that they've been putting out? The oh, Nika ones? ones? I'm st I'm in my store right now. I'm staring at them. Oh my god, man! The the quality of that stuff is just incredible. It's I've got so I got Friday. I got a stack of Friday the Thirteenth figures. I've got Laurie Strode. I've got oh. uh, Michael Myers. I've got so good. The Michael Myers ones are amazing, and yeah. so are uh, like the, the Friday the Thirteenth ones. If I had some extra money, I would just I would buy all because they they have like every one from each movie. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. yep. Uh, I buy all of them, man. I, I I can't help it because the the box art alone, the presentation, yeah. it's yeah. like the VHS covers. Yep. So you open it up and it's like, boom, there's the figure. You know, it's like the first one I bought was the <clears throat> Friday Thirteenth NES video game one. So you I open had that. It up. Yeah, you open it up and you hear the music, the yeah. NES music. And Have I was you like, guys... oh, shit. I just got the um, the one the Jason figure that looks like a Masters of the Universe. Oh, that's oh yeah, the uh, Savage World. Yeah, they're so good. They're yeah, so I've got the awesome. Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm -hmm. Leatherface. I'm also uh, looking at Halloween Michael. Myers. But yeah, yeah, and um, I, the uh, the Freddy one's pretty cool too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a big fan of their uh, their Toonie Terrors, the one that looked like Scooby Doo cartoon. Oh yeah, those are cute. Yeah, I like those. those too. Yeah. yeah. Also, I don't know if you guys have seen them, but Mecca, I've got um, the packaging is bullshit. It's like just a clamshell, plastic clamshell. But mm -hmm. what they offer is pretty cool. I'm looking at Nightmare on Elm Street five, and it's Chef Freddy. Yes. And he's cool. wearing actual cloth. He's wearing actual like cummerbund, and he's mm -hmm. got the um, the silver platter with the doll inside. Oh, and cool. The and then I've also got Wes Craven's New Nightmare. And also, he's got, mm. like, the leather pants. He's got the trench coat. Yeah. Yeah, it's all did fabric. They, it's wonderful. Did they ever make, would, did they ever make the, uh, the TV one, the Welcome to Primetime Bitch one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, they did. Did they? It's awesome. Oh, man. That when, toy, I would, I would love to have that toy. It's, 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 it's a whole little place that you can buy, I believe. And it's yeah. got the TV with his little head coming up with the antenna. Antenna, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. So are they going to make a uh, Tom Atkins figure? Comes with a six pack. Here. <laughs> well, they six pack. Actually, actually they and a did a barrel chest. They did. <laughs> a, they did of him, and I think he does come with. I'm not kidding. I think he does come with a beer can. <laughs> 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 it's, it's, a it's, beer uh, can. It's and, uh, <laughs> and a flask. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually it's actually for Night of the Creeps. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, oh my god, like, he's awesome! Yeah, he's got I the wanna... trench coat. He's got the shotgun and a, and a can of beer. I swear to God, it's so funny. Are, he's are like a, making... It looks like a Barbie doll, like a yeah, Ken it doll. It's are cool they making a, a life-size Stacy Nelkin doll? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where we could wrap this up. <laughs> Holy shit! Well, well, we can't. We can't. We Stephen still has to get his writing. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna give it five Stacy Nilkin side boobs. <laughs> nice, yeah. there we go. Awesome. Five. Oh, uh, all right. right. If anyone has any comments or concerns, or they want to yell at me for not loving Joe Bob Briggs, you can email us at coltspopgo at gmail.com. You can go to coltpopgo.com and click on the bright red banner and leave us a voicemail. That would be wonderful. We will play it on the show. Um, Christian Dabari, where can the people reach you? Uh, MySpace. Oh my oh, god. <laughs> Live journal. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Chris Dabari. That's that's probably the easiest, or even Instagram is just Christian underscore Dabari. 
So. And you're selling a bunch of really badass full color prints of your artwork of different oh, yeah. horror movies and horror stickers. comics. Yeah, I made stickers recently of the uh, oh shit the uh, leather leatherface um, the creature from the ritual and the Cthulhu head. Um, those did pretty well at Baltimore Comic Con. People nice. were really into it. Even the really, really, and I do mean really stinky guy that was not leaving my table. Oh, fucking disgusting. Like, That's how we became friends. No. I just walked up to your table and I was like, I'm not leaving. No, no, no. This, <laughs> I, this, this was a whole new level. <laughs> I was like, please, yes, take stickers and go. <laughs> like, go. Stephen so, Andrade, where can the people find you? I'm on Instagram now, like I said, at Andrade Illustration. And uh, you can also, I have t-shirts and notebooks and stuff on TeePublic. Also, Andrade Illustration. And I actually have a t-shirt with my painting inspired by Halloween 3. Yeah, I think that's the one I have, isn't it? I think that is. On a, on a maroon uh, shirt. I love it. Great. Ooh, um, cool. I'm going to look those up. Also, uh, Steven's been counting down the best books of the month. Yeah, some, or, I've been counting down some of my favorite spooky stories, one for each day of October. Um, that's awesome. Of course. So, uh, just on your Instagram, up. right? On my Instagram, yep, and the Facebook, um, which I'm still on, even though Mark Zuckerberg is harvesting everyone's data and organs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been just picking some of my favorite older stories and some novels, a lot of uh, a lot of different stuff. It's been fun, kind of, for me to even just like go back and revisit some of my books and like, oh yeah, I really like this one. I should read this again. Also, quick side note. Um, Grady Hendrix, uh, a, a horror author that I quite like, oh, he yeah. did a book called Paperbacks from Hell. I and got it's that this book. whole oh, yeah. spectacle on really old eight, 70s and 80s horror novels, um, which I'm sure everyone listening to this already knows about. Mm-hmm. But what I did not know until recently is that a publisher has gone back and they've started reprinting some of those novels that are out of print. Yep, they Ooh. reprinted them with a, a sticker or, you know, a new thing slapped on the cover, like, as featured in Paperbacks from Hell. Yeah, Ooh. so I went, I ordered one uh, today, actually, so I'm excited about that. I also ordered a, a Halloween book about the making of the Halloween film. Are those things expensive, those reprints? It was 16 17 bucks, something like that. The, not the Halloween one, the, uh, um, yeah. the, the reprint of the paperback? Yes. Oh, it is. Okay. I cool. want to say it was, it was less than 20 bucks. Oh, awesome. he, um, by the way, he, he just gave um, my book, Radwraith, a, a really sweet quote like a few days ago. Oh, Grady nice. Hendrix. Yeah. 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 It, it was something like uh, all the trashiness and skateboarding and stuff. I, I can't remember the full quote off the top of my head, but That's it was awesome. like the, the only wish he had it was on VHS. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. That's so, cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. sweet. Yeah, my buddy Doogie designed all of his, uh, his book covers and everything. Nice. Um, uh, Mark underscore L underscore Miller. Where can the people find you? Well, I am as usual webmaster of the Stacy Nelkin fan page. <laughs> um, <laughs> find that on Grinder. <laughs> Damn it! No, I am uh, all month. I am. Uh, I'm counting down the best of the best in horror for the last year. It's been a. Uh, um, it's been a um, a pretty good year of horror. Um, it's a little tougher this year gathering it all, but um, it's it's all kind of wrapped up pretty well. I'm on tomorrow's. Uh, you know, uh, it'll it'll wrap up on Halloween Day, probably right around 
maybe when this this is posted but um and uh i'm actually going to try to read a lot of um a lot of uh steven's recommendations uh over the net once i get this list all done with but i am starting a brand new list in november which is going to go back to 2010 and i'm going to go back and i'm going to revisit some of those old some of the 2010 movies because i've been i will have been reviewing uh horror for almost 10 years now starting in 2020 so um so i'm going to go back there and i'm going to kind of reshuffle my old um list and add some of the ones that i missed and um and wanted to redo so that should be a lot of fun in trying to uh just to try, try to do something new on my site because we've got a lot of traffic on there now so i want to keep it going because it seems like people like these countdowns so nice that's what i'm doing very cool um all right guys uh i guess that's it thanks so much for joining us and we will talk at you later Until next time, smoke drugs, have premarital sex, and hey, why not go check out that strange noise in the basement? What's the worst that can happen?